Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 269, Defenders, Season 1, Episode 3, Worst Behavior. And welcome to Level 7. My name is Stuart, and I'm here talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically the Netflix corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And somewhere on the internet is Ben. It's me. It's Ben. Hey, Hey. Ben. How are you today? (laughs) I'm beat, man. Yeah. I am tired. You've been out and about lately, haven't you? Yeah, I just did a convention here. In, nice. in Alcard, Indiana, and it was a good couple of days. Good, good for yeah. you. So, uh, also a tiring couple of days. I yeah. think I used up all my words. <laughs> oh, good. That's yeah. going to be real good for this. <laughs> I have to be very frugal. Words, frugal. Yes. Okay. Few. Few, Few. words. That that'll that'll make people in my house happier, so that I can get done <laughs> and we can go, you know, go to bed soon. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, the Netflix series, which they're calling it a limited series these days, um, called Defenders, which is what we've been talking about before. Are you ready to jump right in? Do we have stuff we want to talk about beforehand? Yeah. So if you are just tuning in, uh, then first of all, go go back and you can listen to the, the first two episodes in our Defenders series that we've been talking about. But uh, – what we do when we watch Netflix is after we watch every episode, we call in immediately to get an immediate reaction because right now our conversation is going to be jaded a little bit having seen everything and well, not everything because I still haven't seen, you know, Punisher and Luke Cage season two and Iron Fist season two, but everything from defenders. So we know where the show is going, but back then when we were young, and fresh-faced, and bushy-tailed, we did not know what was coming. All we knew was what we had seen. And so we're going to play those calls right now. And I have calls from myself. I have calls from you, Stuart. I have calls from Agent Samantha and also Agent Dandy Daniel, who is uh, or was uh, one of the co-creators of this podcast and one of the original hosts of the podcast along with me. Um and this is how we keep him on the show. <laughs> That's right. Letting him do these phone calls on his own time so that he can uh, do it around his busy, busy, busy schedule. So, yeah. Well, awesome. We're going to do that right now. We're going to play those right now and see what we thought when we first watched it. Hi, it's Samantha again. I just finished watching episode three of Defenders. And I was right, Alexandra's very old because Istanbul used to be known as Constantinople. I'm I'm not sure exactly when it stopped being it. I'll have to go and do research before we do the uh, recording. But, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And 
everybody finally got together uh, at the end of the all of our four of our heroes got together at the end of the episode and again going back to the uh, the color schemes instead of one color or another it was white so yeah that was pretty awesome it blew my mind <laughs> okay I'm I'm excited to go and watch episode four talk to you later bye Hello, Agents. Agent Daniel here. Just getting done with Defenders. Why do I keep thinking champions? Defenders. Season 1, Episode 3. Whew. Well, gotta be honest. Um, I've recently, I've recently run into what I've considered the lowest rank in the MCU. Maybe that got better. Maybe it did. But, but you know what the Defenders aren't? The defenders aren't that. So, I mean, we can just breathe freely to know that we've got Jessica on screen, we've got Luke on screen, we got Claire, we've got our, our buddy bonding moment when best friends meet each other for the first time. They don't know it, but they're going to be best friends. They are. We even get a great conversation about wealth. Oh, Luke, you teach that boy. Teach him. And he, what did we see? And he learned. Because Luke taught him. Oh, so much good stuff there. So much good stuff. With those boys meeting for the first time. And hey, the gang, they've made it to the trailer. We got to see all the jumping in the hallways. And the gang's all together. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we've moved on. Where they hit the halfway point, we got the war going on, and, I, and I'm interested. I'm interested. Sure, no one's in Hawaii, but you know what? I'm glad they're not. I'm glad they're not because you know what this feels like? It's connected. So, again, I'm I'm not in love with the Defenders, but I sure do like it at the moment. Peace out later. Bye. Agent Stu. I just got done watching uh, episode three of The Defenders. Um, took me a little bit of time, you know, family stuff. But, oh, my goodness, this is the Danny Rand episode I wanted. This is the Iron Fist episode I wanted. Um, he's finally taking control of his own destiny. Uh, he's finally being a character rather than a side character. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but it makes me wonder if... In order to get to this point, we had to go through all of his um, backstory in Iron Fist the series. And that is an interesting conundrum. So it makes me rethink the Iron Fist series a little bit. Um, But who knows? Uh, Loved the team-up fights in small corridors. Marvel does it again. Um, can't wait to see where the next episode goes because I think all but one scene now, which is the them and the I've seen all the, all the scenes from the trailer except for the one where they're sitting around the table and sticks, you know, giving them the pep talk. Um, so there's that. Uh, yes, Defenders, good, redeeming Iron Fist a little bit. Can't wait to see where it goes next. Huzzah! Bye. Hey there, you all you future folk. It's me, Ben, from the past, and I just watched 
the best episode of Iron Fist ever. Like, this was the best Iron Fist episode of all time. Episode three of The Defenders is what I'm talking about. And it is, it is what I've been waiting for. I mean, man, <laughs> the team up, the, the battle, the, uh, I was actually getting excited in the fights. Like, I was adrenalized. Like, it was a fun fight and it was an Iron Fist fight. Like, wow, okay, this is happening. We're enjoying an Iron Fist fight and it had style and it had, uh, action and it had stakes and I, I'm just saying it. It was the best Iron Fist episode of all time. Now, as far as it being a Jessica Jones episode, yeah, okay. As far as it being a uh, Daredevil episode, yeah, you know, uh, it was a decent Luke Cage episode, but yeah, this episode three, what a great episode. What a fun episode. So we'll see what happens. I did not want to stop watching. I did. I am stopping watching. I am not watching the next episode today. This is day one of its release. <laughs> Three episodes is enough. But, yeah, I really like it. What can I say? Except that I really like it. That's what I can say. Yeah, anyway. Later. I'll talk to you all later after episode four, sometime later this weekend. Bye. Oh, and Sigourney, in case you were wondering, to help you remember, Istanbul was Constantinople. No, it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone. No, Constantinople. Now it's Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople is in Istanbul, not Constantinople. So if you got a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they change it, I can't say. People just like it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople. You can't go back to Constantinople. A long time gone. No, Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get it works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. So those were us, young and bushy-tailed and full of life. Oh, and oh, generally yeah. speaking, pretty, pretty happy. Yeah, pretty happy. I mean, yeah. I, I'm curious to see how how we end this conversation. Are, are we still happy? I, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other i'm just it's curious i want to see <laughs> so you you listener let us know whether or not we're happy or not <laughs> um, uh, or or we could just say it pretty soon here okay, okay. yeah because i rewatching, i i kind of enjoyed myself like it was fun to watch this episode yeah this was this was a good episode i, I enjoyed this i enjoyed rewriting or writing up the um the, the the recap because yeah. I might have thrown one or two puns in there. Just yeah. did you throw the song in there? I did. So are you ready to start there? <laughs> well, we don't. I mean, well, that's the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but I I could not help myself because no, that is all I could think of in that scene is yeah. they might be giants and that song. Yes. So it's absolutely the song. So it it starts with so if it starts with um. Uh, Ripley Alexandria, not Zool or Dana, um, sitting in a uh, in a caf- cafe, and she's brought some food, and um, she asks why Constant- Constantinople got the works, and that's really nobody's business. But, but the, Turks. the Turks, yeah, yeah. But uh, 
Actually, it's all of our business. It is all of our business. So, and then there's a, then there's a, before the event, you, you know what happened flashback, which is um, them getting Electra and putting the, putting her in their sarcophagus and, and moving, you know, blood or something. I think it's something or it could be blood. It's, in, it's the blood of children and other various and sundry things, I think. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. know about you, but that's never like a good thing. So when I see blood of children, it's not like, yay, it's a sad no, thing. No, no. <laughs> I, uh, if you were like, yay, uh, when you saw, I, you know, I mean. Yeah, not good. If you, if you see the blood of children and it's on a, you know, a child's knee because he fell off his bike and, and then you're, you're, it's not, it's not a bad thing then. But I don't think it, I don't think it elicits. Yeah. I don't think it elicits a yay response. I think it's like, oh, poor kid, you know, here you go. (laughs) Um, Let me kiss it, make it better. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then Electra comes out of the, um, comes out of the sarcophagus and, uh, they have this fight scene and they do magics, magic stuff to the magic thing. And and this fight scene is really good because it's um, Sigourney Weaver and, and the young lady who plays Electra and they're actually fighting. They're actually doing their own. I don't know if they're doing their own stunts, but you can tell that they're fighting and it's, it's a good, well paced fight scene. You, you mean the, the one with her at, right after the birth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was weird. Cause she comes out and it's like, yeah, newborn, and then there's mom. Right? But I'm gonna fight mom. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing at her, and she's gonna just flip me, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it ends with the hug, mm-hmm. you know, which is it's it's a good way to end uh, you know fights, but um, it really sets up the the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very interesting dynamic that's you know I am your superior, uh, but I care about you, and but I'm gonna fight you, but I'm gonna flip you around a little bit. And then I'm going to hold you until you stop throwing your fit. Which is Which what parents do. Sometimes does work. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> that's what you got to do as a parent. You can just hold them in place, let them try and get their energy out. But usually you know, with, a, with a child, you get them to that point where they're going to just cry. And then they cry it out. You know, and they stop lashing out. They cry it out. And then you can both emotionally breathe a little bit and. Uh, but it was just a very interesting dynamic that it brings up as, as you're watching that scene. So, yeah, I mean, and it, and it reminded me of, um, the scenes in daredevil Two, daredevil season two, when, um, Electra was getting trained. Right. And Mm -hmm. so she, as a young child, as a young child. And so that was really interesting to, to sort of connect those dots and can, and go, okay, well, she's got trained like that before and now she's getting trained or reexamined. However, now and that was pretty cool yeah and she re- she's retained her skills mm-hmm. but not her memories now she doesn't know who she is and the other interesting thing that came out of this and this is the conversation afterward but that's uh um alexandra saying yeah i've done it too a couple times mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh okay yeah so i i don't i still don't know a whole lot about alexandra i don't know like what her motivation is except from being evil and then she's i'm not even sure she's really that evil like she's not wearing a black hat and twirling her mustache um but she's got her own agenda and we just don't know what that is yet oh and clearly she's the hero of her own story here yeah 
I mean, she does not see what she's doing as anything. There's nothing wrong with this. This is just a another morality, a different morality, my morality. I'm doing what I want to do, and it doesn't matter because I have my agenda. Do and you, do you think that if she was to wear a certain gauntlet, she would snap her fingers too? Um, she would snap her fingers, but not to the same results because he had a specific plan in mind. Her plan would be a different one. And so she'd be using those stones to change the reality in a different way. Right. And so she would use it for her own benefit. Whereas Thanos is saying that he wants to even the playing field for the, for the entire existence. Right. But she's saying, I want it all for me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't know what it would be, but that'd be an interesting thing to, uh, that'd be a lot of work and thought, you know, to see like if, if what if Lex Luthor had the gauntlet with all the infinity stones, what would he do with it? What would Joker do with that? What would green goblin? Well, I guess interesting to to do the thought experiment of all these different villains and what they would do if they had that power. And, and maybe uh, this is sort of, we're going off into the woods here, but for a second. So does the infinity gauntlet, have the specific purpose of snapping your fingers and therefore wiping out half of existence or did the infinity gauntlet have the purpose of I'm just a tool and whatever, whatever the user wants to do is what's going to happen when they snap their fingers. I think it's B. Okay. And it doesn't have to be a, I, I honestly, he didn't have to snap his fingers. He could have just said, I'm done and it's, and yeah. it's done. Okay. I, I think he did snap his fingers because that's how he, kind of saw how the power worked, but right. Hmm. Interesting. But I never knew but that back to Alexandra though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so then the credits happen and they're awesome credits again, as usual. Mm-hmm. I really like these credits. I like them in all of the Netflix series. Um, and these ones definitely tie the four different series that are coming together into a nice little bow. Um, we find out the person she has, uh, uh, captured in the previous episode and tied up that stick and there's yeah. some witty banter because it's stick and Electra are uh, not Electra stick and Alexandra. Um, they bring in Electra though. They bring in Electra who's not Electra. She's the black sky. Uh, they fight and then he escapes, but he doesn't leave Alexandra and Electra empty handed. Oh Yeah. That's what yeah. it's going to be tonight, Ben. Okay. Just so you All know. right. All right. I'm, I'm just ready for whatever you're going to throw here. And that's what you're throwing. Okay. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, cool. So, so uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I, this, this whole scene, I was positive he was not going to come out of this alive. Right. And I thought he was just going to throw himself on her sword. Right. Because this is the perfect, like, you know, I'm I'm the wizened old man, and I'm gonna you know fall from the cliff and say, "Fly, you fools!" Right? This is the perfect like yeah, scene you're, you're for that. Never, you're never gonna make me talk. I'll die before I talk. And oh, there's your sword, and then he just throws himself on it. You mm-hmm. know, with, and instead, oh my goodness, <laughs> the way he escapes. Yeah, I, it's kind of. a – I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. I I think I would. I think I would. Do the other thing where I fall on my sword or her sword and just die. I, I certainly wouldn't think that way first, but he's thinking, how do I get out of this? You know, yeah. well, how do I get my hands out of the handcuffs? Well, There's only one way. Handcuffs, 
don't work if there's if no hands. hands. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so then we shift gears, and it's one of those awesome transitions where it, uh, it sort of flutters like a comic book, and then it goes to um, and we're sitting in the in the interrogation room with Matt and Jessica, and and he's like, I know about you, and then she does some Jessica antics and leaves. But because he's got super hearing, he can listen to her phone call. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's not a breach of um, – like, I don't think he Definitely. should be doing that. Yeah, I don't think he should have done that. Well, he can't help himself. I mean mm, – I guess. Yeah. But but he runs I, and, and she, she catches up and takes a picture of him. So. Here's the thing. I don't like her in this scene at all. Oh, really? Oh, I don't. I don't. I can't stand people who lash out against people who are actually helping them. Yeah. Like in, in real life, you know, that in real life, I just, oh, if there's, if you want to irritate me, then <laughs> lash out against people who are trying to help you and actually have the power to help you, but you're lashing out against them because. Well, I mean, want- it, it goes down to her trust issues, right? So she has no trust of anyone. Not, I mean, honestly, anyone, not even um, her friend, right? Yeah, no, I, I that's that's fine. I understand that she doesn't have to use him as a lawyer. She should just respect him as a human being, and <laughs> and this is where I'm turning against her a little bit in this. And, and I think you're supposed to because we know who Matt is, right? We know that he's Daredevil, and we're like, hey, you can help each other. You could be a team because we're watching a show it's called defenders it's a team like do the thing you're not doing the thing why you're not doing the thing you should do the thing yeah you're not doing the thing because you're not a nice person right now right (laughs) right so Um, i and i that's the thing i like i like jessica a lot mm -hmm. and then the scene happens and i'm just like oh you know out of context so like outside of your own series (laughs) when you're thrown in with other people (laughs) you're these antics are not nice. Right. You know, like, now that you're doing it to my friend, that's what it is. <laughs> right. That's what it is, you know? And, and, uh. and that's a really interesting dynamic. I mean, because it could have totally gone the other way, right? It could have been, well, everybody gets happy and everybody plays along and they get around the campfire and they sing Kumbaya, right? But it didn't because there has to be that drama. There has to be the, the um, tension, tension yeah. or else Conflict. there's nothing. Yeah. Well, it, Yes, that's true. But this, the tension went a lot further than I was anticipating. Just well, the way that she's treating him and the, now later on, he's also not treating her well mm-hmm. in, in the, the building scene at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, when she's telling him off, calling him names and that kind of thing, okay, I'm with her on that. Like, okay, yeah, he just put hands on her, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now he's telling her what to do. And and just totally dismissing her like that. I'm 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 there. But here he's just being nice. You know, he's just saying, hey, here's how this is going to work. You know, this is this is the process. You're actually free to go. Uh, you want to talk about this a little bit? Um, OK, OK. I shouldn't have brought up the, the whole purple man thing. All right. I'll, uh, I'm sorry about that. You know, um, so. OK, so we were watching Infinity War today and my daughter says. Why do they always fight when they meet up? It's the scene with um, the, the Guardians fighting Tony Stark. This is just their way of fighting when they first meet. 
Yeah. Well, no, I, I like what, the way that they brought the team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, first of all, last episode, uh, the you know Iron Fist and Luke Cage meet, mm-hmm. and and then Matt and Jessica meet, and and you're right there, and you want to have conflict going into things because you know yeah if you're if you're going and singing Kumbaya, which incidentally listening to some folk music on the radio on uh, <laughs> NPR tonight, they played uh, Kumbaya. It Good was, for them. It was really interesting. Um, it was they were playing some classics. Uh, they also did Harry Belafonte's Deo, the Banana Boat song, and mm-hmm. uh, I made my kids listen to it. Uh, maybe it wasn't a great choice because they kept fighting in the back seat. But did you have to pull over to get, pick up their eyes as they were rolling out the car? <laughs> no, no, they didn't complain one bit about the music. Now they complained about each other plenty, but they didn't complain about the music at all. No. So yeah. I, I'm I'm impressed. I am too because it was an hour long trip. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay hey i was singing along it was very nice very fun for you so the fighting started yeah (laughs) that's how it always works (laughs) so then we transition again from um jessica jones and matt murdoch to luke cage and he's packing a thing full of ice and claire's talking to him or not (laughs) poor guy packing a thing of ice or poor guy having claire talk to him Poor guy having to pack the ice. Like, yeah, like he got you know? he got clocked really good. And he's like, I don't understand why this happened. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit of Superman 2, how the difference is Luke has experienced pain before. Mm-hmm. And Luke knows how to pack ice because, you know, he's, I, I imagine he's gotten hurt, you know, maybe in a fight, maybe playing sports or whatever. But, um, you know, it reminded me of Superman 2 where after he's lost his powers and he gets in a fight. And like, ah, I've never, never seen my own blood before. And, uh, just that, that bringing down that strong guy, like Iron Fist was able to wound Luke Cage. But only Nobody when he, do that right now. but only when he used the fist. Well, that's cause that's what powered him up enough to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to do so. So then Claire's like, you know what we need to do right now? We need to tie three series together. So I'm going to make one phone call and do that. Got it? Good. So she calls. Well, why not? I mean. It's a, it's supposed to happen. I Actually, I really like it. I found it a very organic way to do that. He's He's complaining about this guy with this crazy fist. And she's like, what? Yeah. I know who that person is because they put her into the first series, right? Or to the Iron Fist series. Yeah, scrawny, scrawny white kid. And, you know, and, and that's where he says, like, after they get there, he, oh, so you're the reason she went to China. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, we're, we're tying this all together, yes. But what's nice about it is it cuts through all the poop. Like, <laughs> she she hears it and it, it finally just says, oh, you know what? You, you, you need to talk to this yeah. guy. And then, and then when they sit down and actually talk, she's like, you guys have to come together because believe it or not, you're on the right side. You're on the same side. You're on the same side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that she is the catalyst for that sort of coming together. Like in Avengers, it was um, Sam Jackson, right? It was, it was Nick Fury. It was S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Sort of bringing everybody together. We don't have that here because – we're not that high level, right? We're it's small. not official. Right. right. Yeah. 
Uh, right. No, I, I like it that she finally, finally, she says, hey, you know, <laughs> let's let's bring this together. Instead, you know, they I mean, they could have drawn it out and, and they didn't. They just bring them together, sit them in a room, mm-hmm. let them talk it out. Mm-hmm. And and they almost are friends at that point. Right. Uh, and, and until the conversation takes a, a left turn. Right. Which which sits Danny down and says, wait a second. It, it, well, he he puts that he puts that whole privilege in check, and I don't want to get into the white and the, the the black part of it, but he puts that privilege in check, and he goes, "I have been trying to use brute force to get this done. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I have other tools that are at my disposal that I would like to use." Well, the tools of his privilege, mm-hmm. like that's because honestly, that's one of the biggest things for me when you're talking about checking your privilege. It's not that you have it and you shouldn't. It's how are you using it? Mm-hmm. You know, you have these things, and what are you doing with it? You know, you you're you're not using it for the right thing. You're using it for the wrong thing, or you're not using it at all. And what I like is that for Danny, Luke recontextualizes the whole thing for him, not just the. I mean, it's, it's everything. It's not. It's not just the money. It's it's the iron fist itself. Lucas, uh, kind of just putting it all in in um, in context for him and saying, "Hey, you could do so much more without the iron fist. You don't need the iron fist to be able to change your world." And this is where Danny's like, "Yeah, he's right," and it's so nice to see. Right. Because for me, this is a turning point mm-hmm. for 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 Danny. And and like I like I said in the call, this sort of I I like that he has an arc that extends past his series. This gives him sort of more like he's a character now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, he's a yeah. character, not a side character, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an actual like he's got agency in his own story. So when he puts on that suit and walks into into his own company and says, "I'm the boss." You will, you know, I own 51% of this. I'm the boss. And then when he does it again at Midland Circle, that's, I think, him taking control of his story, which it only took, what, 14 episodes? But hey, whatever. <laughs> well, here, but, but here's the deal. He's growing. Yes. You know? Very he's much He's growing. So. And so what's nice about that for me to see him grow is that he's now done this turn and he's going to try it this way. But he walks into that boardroom. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He has no, no like he's going in and it's still uh, it, kind of impetuous and it's still. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's going in as a as a as a cocky teenager rather than like a strategic businessman. And right. luckily, I, I guess we're jumping there now, I guess. Um, well, I, I, we don't have to, but. I'm just saying that, you know, it's nice to see him mature, but it's also nice for me to see that he's not completely there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's He's still he's still understanding his maturity, I guess. There, and there's more, lots more room to grow. So so after that, uh, there's a passionate plea with some dropping exposition that ends with teching the tech and there's some Google foo. And so you got all these people into the building and, and, and Danny's like, I'm the boss. You do what I say. And then I sort of felt like this part was a little clunky, you know, because 
it it didn't feel as organic as the rest of it. How how Danny got to Midland Circle, Jessica. I, oh, go ahead. I like it though. I, I do because uh, it makes sense in the context of who he is and what he can, he's able to do. And this is what Jessica has been. You know, she the, she's doing some similar searches in the previous episodes where she's looking for, you know, this this business that keeps going back and back and back and back. And and he's kind of looking at the the head of the snake wall where she was following the tail mm. earlier. And no, I, I, I like it because it's not just, OK, bad guys, punchy punch. It's, oh, money's been transferred. And then these shell companies were discarded. And and it all leads to this one. Uh, not event, this one location mm. uh, that's. It's an important location. Why? Because. Well, we'll find that out later, but well, I mean, pretty the much bad guys are, if the bad guys care about it, then there must be something to it. Right. Right. It's um, like every episode of Phineas and Ferb is, um, <laughs> is amazing. whatever, whatever Perry, whenever Perry gets his mission, it's Doofenshmirtz has been ordering, you know, 50,000 tons of butter. Well, find out what his plan is. <laughs> you follow whatever he's doing. If he's doing something, you know, it's going to be bad. Or buttery. Or or buttery. Or buttery. Well, or you know what? There's bad intention. Right. I mean, the butter <laughs> itself, there's bad intention behind it. Yeah. Um, so just to recap, Jessica goes there because she finds out that's the building that the widow – that John built <laughs> after sitting with his widow earlier. Um so that's that's the building that he built, and so what? John was the guy in the apartment complex with a bunch of C four that she found. Um, How does this all go together? Well, we'll find out. But right now, I just feel bad for his widow. Yeah, you know, I mean, she's of course she's already been written off as someone who is does not know about her husband. Right. You know, and you know he's having an affair, obviously. You know, well, no, he's not. And she keeps, you know, she believes in him. Like, all he cared about is us. He loved his family and he loved his job. That's it. Mm-hmm. And now Jessica's kind of believing it a little bit, I think. Right. And and when when she starts digging and scratching a little bit more, she she uncovers more and and puts her on the path to get to Midland Circle. Um, Luke actually went to uh, the kid who, who got arrested in the last episode. He saw him in prison. And and after convincing and controlling, he f- the kid finally says, look, if you really want to help me, take my mom some lottery tickets. So he takes he takes the lottery tickets to the mom. The mom's – did she even scratch him? I don't know. I don't, no, no, she didn't. She doesn't. She just um, saves them. She saves them because they're special because they're from her, her son. And – I the, I love this whole sequence here because this is where the kid is you know Luke says you can trust me trust me and the kid is I do get mom lottery tickets and, and Luke's like what yeah yeah but he does it you know <laughs> cuz he's a stand up guy and and he's able to stand up tall enough to reach the yes. top shelf that's it that's true and what's inside there a roll of money and it says Midland Circle on it. So like yeah. that that felt very organic. And then Matt was following Jessica and that felt very organic. And and then Jessica or Matt broke Jessica's camera. 
which is not a nice thing to do, but he did it anyway. Yeah, well, she called him a bad name and <laughs> said she had pictures. <laughs> yeah, well. And but this is that whole conflict there between the two of them. I can understand him, you know, being not happy with her mm-hmm. because of the way she was treating him, but this is where he's like crossing some lines mm-hmm. that maybe th- this is where communication right just you know, a little let's not com- be communicate yeah communicate intent to each other mm-hmm. maybe you know if you're standing there next to a superhero that you know is a superhero let her know that you're a superhero too maybe they could be friends maybe they could be the super friends maybe later <laughs> but for right now <laughs> There, so so okay. So everybody shows up in the fight, and Danny's doing okay. Um, Danny's doing okay in the uh, in in the, in the conference room. room. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the conference room. But he just kind of gets he. There's too many of them, right? He just kind of gets swarmed, and yeah. so then um, you hear Luke just knock through the door, <laughs> just break the door down, and then. They look at each other and then they realize, hey, we can fight together and be friends. And so they do. And and Danny does the thing where he runs around Luke and, and Luke is bulletproof. And then so it's a really interesting fight, really dynamic. This fight scene where the four of them finally are together, I would say is one of, if not the best scene in the Netflix series, all of them up to this point. Okay, so later on, there might be some better stuff, but the scene, they're fighting the bad guys, they're using their powers and they're getting to know each other's powers by watching, you know, and so Iron Fist already knew that he was bulletproof, that Luke Cage was bulletproof. And so that scene where they come in with the guns, they start shooting and he just instantly just hides behind Luke. Mm -hmm. Luke takes all the bullets, the bullets stop and they both just go after the gunman. It's, it, I, I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. It's a it's a great fight scene. It's well done and it's well choreographed. And it means like it's not just a fight scene for for fighting. It actually means something. Which mm-hmm. it's a Netflix series. You know, way back in in Daredevil season one. You know, the, this is like the third episode, right? We have these fight scenes that actually mean something. They're actually story driven. They're not just mm-hmm. to fight. Um, which, for better or for worse, the the movies tend to be a little bit more fighty to fight rather than fighty to mean something. Maybe not as much as other stuff, but they they tend to be a little bit more fighty to fight. In my well, because opinion, a lot of times fights and conflicts in movies are about plot and only plot. Mm-hmm. Like this happens, fight, fight, fight. To push the plot forward. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. Absolutely. But then there's also that. Like you know the characters. It's the characters are moving forward. Because of this fight. And they're going into the fight. For you know good character reasons. And it just. I'm not saying that this is the best choreographed fight. That we've had. But to me it's one of the most meaningful. As you're saying. Uh, action scenes that we've had. And bringing them all together it's so geeky to be able to watch them and mm-hmm. say oh yeah those two guys their teams you know like iron fist and luke cage power man 
are a team. They're a dynamic duo in the Marvel Universe. Right, because they've been like that for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they took their two books and merged them into one and and then put them into um, – it was called Heroes for Hire was their organization that they actually did. They took money <laughs> for uh, to be heroes and then they wouldn't take the money you know, because – Right, That's because what, how, yeah. how are you going to take money from a little old lady who needs you to be a hero? I thought the the second half of this episode was worth the two and a half episodes before it to get us to this point where it is geeky to see them all together. It is you know fun to see them all together. It is interesting to see how their characters sort of mix to come to this superhero group and you sort of see them happening. Um mm-hmm. I liked it. I I wanted it to happen earlier, but was glad that it happened now. <laughs> yeah, that makes any sense. So you ask the question in your in your voicemail: Did we need season one of Iron Fist to bring us to this moment here in this episode three, where we actually are looking at Danny Rand and saying, "Oh, hey." They're moving things forward. And I don't want to address that yet, but I, what you're saying here about those two and a half episodes of Defenders, yeah, I think we needed it to bring us to this moment here. We've got eight episodes. This moment here is the end of Act One. Mm. If this was a, a movie, a two-hour movie, so you compress these eight episodes into two hours, this is the end of Act One. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is just uh, a half hour into things. Yeah, 40 minutes, you know, and so pacing wise, I don't feel bad. Um, I do. Wish, you know, this is a team show and yeah, it'd be great to have them a team at the beginning. But no, this is I think this is really good timing. The, The characters are doing their thing. We're setting up the problems and then the problem is bringing the characters together. Right. It, 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 yes, the 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 issue at hand, the hmm, not the fist, the 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 <laughs> bad guys are bringing the characters together. They're not just walking into a bar and saying, "Hey, I'm a hero. Let's all be heroes together." You know, they they they're being brought together organically, uh, like the Avengers did. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, you know, they could bring them all together because they just happen to be walking by when a crime was happening. But all of them are kind of investigating and are kind of woven in with varying reasons. You know, conflict with the hand is a thing that is happening with Daredevil. It's a thing that was happening with Danny Rand. And then you have Luke Cage, um, you know, get brought in because of the Claire connection. And and then the 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 crime connection and, you know, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage already had some history that mm-hmm. brought them together. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's, long story. I yeah, it's, it is. that's a longer story. Uh, I like the way that they're they're writing this. I feel like they're doing a good job of it. Eight episodes were three in and they're actually doing some good stuff together. Like, mm-hmm. This fight scene is really cool. Mm hmm. And so I remember thinking, I don't remember if I voiced it in the voicemails or not, um, but I remember thinking that I would have liked to seen them together sooner. But on the rewatch, I think that it's a good, it, the pacing is right. Mm-hmm. So, 
and I don't know if we needed. I, I think there's I think there's problems with the first series of Iron Fist where he's not where he's not the the star of his own movie. Um, yeah. So they end up with the fight. Um, Electra comes in and she doesn't kill Matt when she should, but then she gets hit with the fist and they all run away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, what a cool hit. Right. I mean, breaking the sword the way it does, but right. uh, they all run away, go down the elevator together. And, uh, who are you people? Yeah. There's, there's our team. Uh, the whole Electra thing, Matt doesn't recognize her. Uh, right. With his super senses. It's interesting. So I, I guess I don't understand how his super senses work or don't work. I think it's very plot driven, right? So they can, he can see things when he needs to see things and he doesn't see things when he doesn't need to see things. Well, but he recognizes, he recognizes regular um, rhythms of sound and he recognizes smells. And then he also has, you know, basically a radar that allows him to see. And so this is, it, it was interesting because he's laying on the ground and Danny puts out his hand and it takes a moment. And then Matt grabs Danny's hand to get helped up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but he, you know, he's with Electra. He should have known it was Electra way earlier, but he didn't, which suggests that, you know, there's, you know, like you said, she is the uh, uh, dark sky, black mm-hmm. sky, black sky, black sky. Yeah. Dark sky is the app I use to know what type of weather it is outside. And dark skies was a X-Files ripoff set in the 60s. That's right. About I remember UFOs. That. that was a really fun show. I don't remember if it was good, but I remember liking it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and being disappointed that it got canceled before there was any kind of resolution. Which uh, is like everything. Which is like everything. Firefly. Sorry, it had to be mentioned. Um, so, I, I, are we doing the ratings for these episodes? We haven't. Uh, I don't know if you did last episode because I, I, I haven't I don't posted that yet. I don't remember if we did or but, not. Um, so, how many working elevators out of five <laughs> do you give this? I, I'm going to give this... If it wasn't for the way they got Danny to Midland Circle, this would have been a five. But I feel mm-hmm. like that that clunkiness of here, just let me pull this up for you. Oh, I did some cross searching, and oh look, there's one building. Like it, she got there really quickly. That assistant lady, she got there really quickly. That was my. That's my. But that's just my sort of, I don't know. So what's your final score? 4.95. <laughs> like oh, I really wanted, okay. I, I want this episode to be amazing. And it so is, except for like that two minute section. All right. Well, I, I was going to go with a four or a 4.5. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a significant moment mm-hmm. in the Netflix uh, series and all, in all of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. We did forget one thing that I wanted. <laughs> uh, Stick arrives at the dojo. Oh, that's right. And then he passes out. Yeah. 
but he passes out right after he says, where's the fist? And I wanted to say, dude, you left it on the floor <laughs> back at the, the warehouse. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was, obviously that was I didn't say that because, you know, stick can't hear me because he's a fictional character on, on a screen. Right. He also can't see you because he's blind. There, there's that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's funny. He's cradling his handless arm. And where's the fist? Or Colleen says, well, I was about to ask you the same question. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, OK, so we have some feedback. Yes, we do. But it's about the news of something that cool that came out. This is the part of the episode where we say thank you to uh, lots of people. Um, you want to start with our listeners for listening? Yes, let's thank the listeners for listening. And I appreciate, dear listeners, thank you so much for listening. And it is awesome to be able to go into your ears every day or every week and talk to you about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I appreciate that you listen every time. And if you would like to reach out to us, there's voicemail numbers and email numbers and Facebook groups and Facebook pages at the end of the episode. Please contact us there. The second thing we need to do is thank people for supporting us as patrons on Patreon. We have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. And on this Patreon page, um, that is where people can support the podcast in ways, um, the, as I say, in, in ways more than, um, you know, sending feedback and leaving uh, reviews and stuff. But there's really only one way that you support us if you're going to Patreon, and that is um, with with money. And that helps us with a lot of different costs that we – some that we were anticipating and are saving towards uh, some equipment kind of things to help streamline our process. And some things that we were not anticipating that are coming up with uh, hosting and, and – uh, some new things that Google is doing that causes you to have to spend more on your website. So with that said, um, I want to thank uh, Agent Trent, Agent Tazzle, Agent 084, Agent Anthony, Agent Jeffrey, and Agent Andrew, who are current uh, Patreon patrons. And uh, 084 and um, Anthony are new, I think, since last we talked about uh, Patreon. Uh, last I talked about Patreon, anyway. And if you um, – right now it's set up that there are a couple bonus episodes, just some fun little things uh, that are available to people of any level, uh, whether you're at the $1 level or the $7 level, which we called Welcome to Level 7 because it's the $7 level. Um, and uh, so there's an episode where it's a Howard the Duck feature-length commentary that we – did a while back, but now we're making it available through our Patreon page. That's that Daniel and I doing commentary on a movie. And some people don't want to call the movie, but it is. It's a feature film. Um, <laughs> so, bad as you think it is. And uh, Howard the Duck is great. What are you talking about? There is greatness around it. I'll give you uh, that. I wouldn't call the movie great other than, well, just get the feature commentary and, and listen to it. You'll see what I think there. Um, and the thing that we just released recently was the, uh, it's a special all music only episode. Uh, 
And that music only episode has all of our different um, opening themes that we've done for the different series for Netflix and for Agent Carter and, and um, for, of course, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's kind of a, almost like a radio playlist happening, um, but it's all of the Welcome to Level 7 theme songs. And it includes a theme song that has not been heard yet for a series that we have not done any episodes about yet. Yeah. And so you'll get to hear that theme song on that special bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's It also features a post-credit song <laughs> that Which you may have Which is worth its weight. <laughs> In gold. Uh, it has been played as a post-credit song once before in Welcome to Level 7. Um, I'm not going to say anything more than that other than it is not a theme song for anything um, except for clothes shopping for a certain <laughs> superhero. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and you may think it's really, really stupid. And you may think it's really, really funny. And you may think... Like I do. It's really, really funny because it's really, really stupid. But yeah, it was fun. We put it together and I actually added a a few um, tracks to it to give it a little more. I don't know. It just sounded it was sounding really thin. So I added some some bass to it. A little bit of extra percussion. Good. Yeah. So that's Patreon, and we, we do want to thank you, everyone who has supported us in every way, um, whether it's leaving a review on iTunes or sending us feedback like we're about to have after the credits here. Um, we, we just want to thank you, and you make this, ep- this, uh, this podcast a lot of fun, and we, we enjoy doing it. We would do this without any listeners, maybe. <laughs> We'd have the conversations without listeners, but doing the podcast is you guys make it worthwhile and so thank you very much so dude my son is obsessed with pokemon right now obsessed with it but my daughters are obsessed with the greatest showman they they're obsessed with it and they make videos of them lip syncing to the songs and you know they they work up all these routines and uh Man, uh, so after I get done recording here, they want to show me a routine that they did for The Greatest Showman. But you know what I told them? I said, we're not doing the torture song and dance. Not anymore. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. All right. The music has been played. And you know what that means? We are post-credit. <laughs> and so here is a message from Agent 084.
the subject line is Captain Marvel Photos. So I'm going to use this uh, feedback to also feed into the news that we have Entertainment Weekly released a bunch of photos. Ten, I think, to be exact, of the Captain Marvel movie characters from the movie are in those photos. And we get to see what things look like. I was disappointed, though, because of the way that they announced it. Did you, you saw this, right? Mm-hmm. The day before, Brie Larson, who plays Captain Marvel, tweets, Hey, Entertainment Weekly, I'm bored. <laughs> Want to break the internet tomorrow? And Entertainment Weekly tweeted back to her, Sure, meet us here at noon Eastern time. Okay. So first of all, anytime anyone ever says so-and-so I'm bored in my mind. And some of you are with me on this flash Gordon, because Ming, the merciless says, Clytus, I'm bored. And that's when he decides he's going to do something to earth. So I, I, I'm not for sure on this, but I, I think the, the overlap and the, or that Venn diagram is very small. I think I don't know that there's a whole lot of people are going to attach no on your Flash Gordon is really going to care being about, the merciless yeah. thing. But it's in the soundtrack, so if you have the soundtrack, you've heard it over and over again. That's why it comes out. Anyway, um, so you know what we're thinking? Trailer is what I'm. Yeah, thinking. at least teaser, You're right? Because right. that's going to break the internet, right? No, it was uh, unveiling of the cover of the, the next issue of Entertainment Weekly and 10, 10 photos. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. It's great. But it's not break the internet great. Right. So I think – I wonder if break the internet's gotten to this like – it's been overused now. <laughs> I, I think this is jumping the shark for break the internet right here, right now. We witnessed it. It's uh, jumped the shark. Well, because remember when um, it was – when they moved forward the uh, Infinity War premiere, right? It was uh, what's his name, Tony Stark. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember much of anything right now. My brain yeah. is well. Anyway, he he went on. He went on. And it's like, hey, Marvel, I want to take all my friends to see Infinity War, and I can't remember his name. I'm a really bad fan right now. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. He's yeah, like, yeah. I want to get on. I want to oh, take all yeah, my I friends. I want to take all my friends to see Infinity War, and they're like, sure. When should we do it? And he's like, well, how about a week earlier? And then that's yeah. how they broke that. That was kind of cool. So I think that's what they were trying to like mimic. I think you're right. I think you are absolutely right. And then they, I don't think they did it well enough. Well, it, it's not – it's definitely not break the internet worthy. But here, So here's what we have. Uh, this is the message from Agent 084, and we're going to use this as a springboard. Mm-hmm. Subject, Captain Marvel Photos. Message, Captain Marvel Photos. I have thoughts. First off, the costumes are amazing. The Star Force outfit is cool on everyone. Ronan looks younger, but still has the same hints at how he looks in Guardians. And Carol's signature suit, wow, it's straight off the page, but still works in a real-life setting. I'm still cautiously optimistic about Mendelssohn's character. Marvel's infamous for burying amazing actors in makeup, resulting in lackluster villains. If anything, they have much better results with mocap 
than prosthetics when it comes to villains. But hopefully the time he spends shape-shifting into human appearance helps the performance. Lashana Lynch is playing Maria Rambeau, which means we'll probably get Monica in Captain Marvel 2. So I like that they're planting those seeds already. Nick Fury looks great. Can't wait to see how the same tech looks on Coulson. All in all, the pictures make the movie look like a marriage between Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. On paper, mixing the two of the best MCU sounds like a big, I can't say the phrase, um, Stuart, I know you don't have this in front of you, but can, can you say it for me? Hot mess. But I won't hold my breath waiting for them to put out a bad movie. My only nitpick is that they're not casting Shamik Moore in this movie as Rhodey. A uh, huge missed opportunity, but I'm beyond excited. Let's see how long a trailer takes. And so, yeah, Maria Rambo is another Captain Marvel. There have been um, a couple, and uh, she was a Captain Marvel who was not part of this um, legacy, I guess. Uh, she took on that name just because she wanted it, and she actually was a captain in the Army or Air Force. I can't remember, but she had light-based powers, and she eventually became known as Photon, which is the call sign for uh, Maria Rambeau as – uh, an Air Force pilot in the movie. So that's kind of fun. Nice little little uh, jaunt in, in Marvel history for those those names. But um, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything OA4 said. Uh, the photos look great and it looks it looks really good. Now, will it be good? We'll find out. But for right now, it looks really good. So so here's my thought on that. Will it be good? It has to be good. I mean, it really does. So this is going to be the, well, the second movie. Hmm. I'm going to backpedal a little bit. I was going to say this is going to be the first movie after Infinity War. And it kind of really is. Because if you look at Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's really a, almost a coda (laughs) to Infinity War, right? It came out such on the wave of Infinity War that it's almost ingrained in the same movie. Whereas this is it's new thing. It's a new character. It's been built up for so long. It kind of has to be good. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think Kevin Feige is going to put out a bad movie. That's my well, other part of that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it will be good. But the question is, will people like it? And will people latch on to it? And will this be a breakout character? I think it needs to be. I really hope Captain Marvel becomes a great uh, a breakout character. The convention I went to, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. it was a two-day convention yesterday and today. Uh, I saw at least four people cosplaying Captain Marvel. I believe that. I believe and, that it's going to be – I mean this is it, – it's a, it's a female lead as a superhero. This is going to be a big movie. And my only I, hope is that they, that it retains that. I, I just hope that it's it's entertaining, it's fun, it's clean enough for me to want to take all my daughters, you know, and, right? Uh, that it's it's a exciting, fun movie, and also that they portray the '90s well. Ew. Can you really do that though? You can. Are we? Uh, 
So here's what I'm wondering. Are we far away enough from the 90s that we can have the romanticized version of the of the 90s the same way we've had the romanticized version of the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and the 50s? Or is the 90s just so grungy and dirty <laughs> and, you know, low, high techy? Well, it's I mean, just not, there is no romance for it. She is wearing that Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. So, I mean, that's practically, wait, is it a Nine Inch Nails or Nirvana? It's Nirvana, isn't it? I think, I don't know. I think you're right. I, I think it was Nine Inch Nails. I don't remember. But it was definitely a 90s band. Right. right. So she's wearing that that shirt. I mean, so it is pretty much her. I mean, not her. It's 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 paying tribute to the 90s enough to get the right T-shirt at least, whether or not yeah. we can remember what it is. But do we care enough about the 90s to want to revisit, you know? It, I mean, is there audience enough, right? Well, I mean, definitely. I mean, the, the audience, I mean, your 90s audience is – they're people with expendable income. You right know, now, so for sure. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I'm just looking at it and thinking like, you know, American Graffiti. That was 20 years after the 50s. You yeah. know, Happy Days, same thing. 20 years later, and you have this romantic version of the time. You know, and, and we're, 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 what, 30 years later now. Yeah. With, with the you know mid-90s or whatever, and... Um, I, I don't have a romantic notion of the nineties. There's a romantic notion of my life during that time period, going through college, you know, falling in love, you know, getting well, married. I, I would ask, or I would, I would posit that I don't know. It's a nine inch nails t-shirt. I don't <laughs> know that the people who latched on to American graffiti looked at the time in which American graffiti was was made as a great time. They just remember their own life in it, right? I think we, looking back at the nineties, because that was the inter- that was the invention of the internet, right? The internet came to be. The world got very much smaller in the nineteen nineties, um, and so I wonder if we sort of look at it and go, I, I don't know what the line is. Because we're expecting there to be a line, whereas people looking in would look at Happy Days. I don't think that they, I don't think those two things translate. Well, here's the thing, though. A lot of people watching Happy Days, yeah, lived in the 50s. But that 50s and Happy Days, it was romanticized. And can you romanticize the 90s? And I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I look at the movies of the 90s and think, I don't know. I'll I'll say this though. I love that they found a new time period. <laughs> right. Right. I, I'm glad that the, I'm glad that the nineties is far enough away to where we can actually look at it and say, this is a time period that is in the past, right? Not yeah. the fifties and not the seventies again and not the sixties again. Like I don't want to see all of our Marvel people go to Woodstock. Like that would have been dumb. It wouldn't work in the. It wouldn't work in 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 our MCU, right? You say that, but <sighs> really, it could work. It, it, anything can work, right? But let's <laughs> let's expand a little bit more than the same old same old yeah. stuff. 
Well, we just have to wait now. And Until it's a long March. wait. It's a uh, long wait. Yeah, but think about it this way. Between now and March, what do we have? We have snow. We have we, we have lots of snow, if you're from where I am. We have uh, Christmas, Halloween, and not in this particular order, by the way, people. Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, <laughs> New Year's, I mean, like Valentine's Day, and then and then the movie. Like, there's yeah, going to be yeah, a lot true. of stuff that's going to go really and quickly. Birthdays. Birthdays, and, yeah. And, you know. And a Thanos novel, which is may or may not may be. May or may not be MCU. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to play everyone's favorite game and, show. Is, is it MCU? <laughs> so I guess I'll just end on this this note, and and that is this. Yesterday the weather broke, the heat went away. It was a beautiful, beautiful end of summer. Hey, fall's coming day, and for the first time this season, I wore a flannel. So. I I think Speaking that's the 90s. That's I just a perfect never place up, to end. <laughs> never gave up my flannels. Never give up. Never surrender. Your you flannel. Have, you have one job on this ship, Ben. And it's to, it's to repeat what the computer says. <laughs>